Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on whatever works for you at the time you are uh, enjoying the show. And believe me, you will enjoy the show. Welcome to Sip, Smoke, and Savor, the program that's about craft beer, fine cigars, and craft spirits. We're so glad to have you guys on the show with us today. And I mentioned that you would enjoy it, and I don't mean to be cocky, but I'm just we had a great guest today. We're going to be talking about some amazing beers and spirits and cigars, and of course... I'm joined as always by the world's most affable and awesome co-host, Mr. Ian Barry. I'm are you, pretty sir? fun to listen to. You are pretty to, fun. I like. I, I listen to myself sometimes. Yeah. I go, wow, yeah. I'm awesome. Do you Not ever, really, but uh, we do have a good time on this show. Now, you're a guitar player. Do you ever like, uh, you know, like be like riffing on the guitar and go? Oh man, I'm good. Like, do you ever have okay, that moment? Okay, um, uh, uh, not in quite so much, but sometimes I'm playing guitar and I think to myself. I get paid for this. Well, see, and that I have that, <laughs> yeah. I have that, I have that sense about what I do every day. It's just like I get paid seriously, for this. like I get paid for this. This right. is not bad. <laughs> I've told you the story about it was, uh, it was a few weeks back when we were doing the show at Friendly Fire Cigars, and I had been at the office. Prior, right. prior to recording the show, where a guy came in and did a wine tasting for another thing that we had uh, going at RFC Media, which is where the Radio Brave Studios are and where the where the show gets performed. But I had to leave the wine tasting a little early to get to to get to smoke friendly cigars, fire cigars and beer. so we could smoke cigars, drink beer, and sample a scotch. And I remember calling my wife on the way out there and saying, "If I ever complain about my job, that's right. You, that's right. <laughs> you have not, that, that's those are things me. you shouldn't complain about." Right? <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, so I'm a happy guy and plenty of reason to be happy because we have, I think, a really great show coming up for you today. Uh, we'll be sampling a couple of really amazing beers. Ian has brought with him a, uh, a whiskey, which I am so excited to taste, even just from looking at the bottle. And we'll talk about the different things people have said about the bottle when we get there. But uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Plus, we have uh, on the show today uh, as special guest, Mr. Jeremiah Butler, the bar manager at B&B Butchers and Restaurant on Washington Ave in Houston, is here. And he'll be talking a little bit about what goes on at his restaurant. They're going to be a part of this big Whiskeys to the World thing, which is coming up. Yeah, they're going to be doing uh, a food <clears throat> pairing there. Yes, which is coming up on uh, Saturday now. It's at the Imperial Ballroom, 3 to 7 p.m., Hyatt Regency downtown. We're really stoked about this. We will be there recording the show live and talking to you know whiskey luminaries and just plain old whiskey drinkers. It's going to uh, be exciting. Yes, it is. And, uh, we're going to have such a great time. There's going to be so many whiskeys there. I'm, I'm and totally B&B Butchers is one of only two restaurants that's been allowed to come into this thing, and they're going to be doing a special, I think, and we'll have uh, Jeremiah tell us more about this, but they're going to be doing a special thing. They were given a, a, a particular whiskey and said, okay, come up with something to pair with this. So that should be really interesting. We'll be looking forward to that. I there's bet that also, chef had fun. Yeah, and there's also going to be a cigar room for cigar uh, pairings and stuff. Very excited so about it's going to be really, really cool. And if you go uh, to Whiskies of the World dot com slash Houston. Uh, you can use the uh, code SSS to save 20% on your tickets. But hurry up and do that. Which so. is substantial. Yes. And some of you may be hearing the show after the event, in which case you missed it. You've got to think about these for next year. <laughs> totally yes. Missed it. But but if you're hearing the show in time and you're uh, and you're uh, uh, thinking, what am I going to do this week? This is perfect. You will not regret Come this. hang out with us. I figure I'm going to be walking around with a mic of some sort and yes. doing random interviews with mm-hmm. people and uh, 
and distillers and reps and yeah, things like it's, that. It's, it's going to be gonna, a good time. It's going to be great. And so all that will make its way into future shows, which we're very excited about. And uh, we're really, really looking forward to uh, that whole event this weekend. And once again, it's at the Hyatt Regency, the Imperial Ballroom, downtown Houston. And the event itself is from 3 to 7 p.m. So uh, we are hoping uh, to see you there. Uh, so as I love to ask around this time in the show every week, Ian, did you smoke anything interesting this week? Of course I did. I love smoking cigars. I had yes. a <laughs> I had a Camacho Corojo this week, mm, which is mm, a mm. huge flavor cigar. That's like like if you put it on the uh, the level of full flavor, that's right before you get to the ruination. Like yes, that. I was going to say you're, <laughs> AJ Fernandez you're uh, definitely on that so right, far right, right in right. There, and it, uh, man, it's meter. a great it's a Honduran cigar. It's a great uh, great smoke. It's one of the Camacho ones. It's got the red label because they have the labels all color coded mm-hmm. now. And, yeah, uh, they've got the big long labels. The big now long labels, right? right? Those you kind of have to take off. You yeah. ask me like when I take the labels yeah, off. Those, I, those right, you kind of right. have to take off before you get started. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, what a great smoke! And I, I've I've had this before, uh, not before the label was changed, so uh, I didn't notice any real difference. The burn was fantastic. Uh, this just one of my go to when I want like a big, mm-hmm. like full on high octane cigar, so Good. to speak. So, and I was drinking that with the moody tongue. Oh, caramelized chocolate churro porter, which goes tried, with every cigar ever, by the way. I was going to say that you tried first on this show because who yes. brought it in? I don't remember. Right. Was it a friend of yours, perhaps? Uh, that guy. Yeah. I, was, <laughs> I knew when I saw that beer, I was like, Ian is going to love it. Oh, this. you know, the worst part is my wife drinks them all. Oh, so your wife likes yes. this beer, too. Yes, and my wife... Like she'll drink too, and they're they're pretty high alcohol content, so you'll notice pretty quickly. <laughs> now, I know your wife is a big Guinness Stout fan. She loves stouts. She loves porters. She likes very robust beers. Yes. Yeah, and so obviously this fit right into her flavor yes. profile uh, very well. Yes. So. Oh, when when uh, she heard of it on the show, she was like, "And you didn't bring me one." And I said, uh, "I drank it. <laughs> I drank it." But I, but I know where we can buy them. Yeah. So I found some. I actually went to D and Q Mart and found some there. Oh, and uh, see, there you go. There you go. Well, uh, I had a uh, what I thought was a really interesting cigar, and I wasn't sure what I was going to think of it, uh, which I'll explain. I smoked the Rocky Patel Freedom. Oscuro, the 60. Now, these come in, I think, three or four sizes. The 60 is just the bigger one. It's like a uh, sort of like a a double Corona. That's unusual because you usually like a smaller cigar. I do. Now, the thing I liked about the 60, though, is it wasn't a huge, I think it was about a 50, 52 ring gauge. So it wasn't like one of those super fat ones. Mm. But it was definitely a longer cigar. And uh, the, the Freedom line from Rocky Patel, it's called Freedom because they named it in honor of the battle that the cigar industry has been fighting to maintain smokers' rights. So that's what it's about. It's not just a, you know, sort of patriotic, you know, flag salute type thing. It's really about the rights of cigar smokers and your freedom to enjoy uh, fine cigars. So that's that's what the whole line was was named. Now, I've been a big fan of Rocky's cigars since I met him at a cigar dinner in New Hampshire. I don't Lucky know if I, you. I don't know if I've told this story, but I was going to the cigar when I lived in Boston, I went up to New Hampshire for the cigar dinner. And it was one of those things you buy the tickets in advance, you know, you go in, you take home a handful of cigars and you enjoy a nice dinner and everybody smokes. And there was, I think, some amazing, you know, scotches and tequilas and stuff. So um, so they seat you. They they put like your place card at a table. So you kind of go around to the different tables and find. So I'm sitting at this table and I don't know anybody there. I'm just there to enjoy the event. 
This guy sits down next to me, sticks out his hand, introduces himself, and says, how you doing? I'm Rocky Patel. I said, oh, oh hi, I, I'm Cruz. <laughs> but I had no idea who he was because he was just about to launch his cigar line. Now, he oh, already, so this was pre-Rocky right, Patel, now he, Rocky Patel. He already so did Indian Tobacco. And so right, I right. think when he said, oh, I do Indian tobacco, I was like, oh, okay, cool. I know who you are. But he was just about to launch the Rocky Patel named things. And he actually reached into his pocket. It wasn't one of the cigars that you got from the thing. And handed me one of the, I think it was the 1990 Reserve. Which is a great cigar. And I, I had no idea how much I was going to love it. but I was, And so I got to sit and chat with this guy. And I found out you know, through the years subsequently that he's just like one of the biggest ambassadors in the cigar world. He goes everywhere. He goes to cigar shops all over the country, meets people. That, that's just kind of his way. That's what he's all about. So anyway, I became a big fan after meeting him and smoking that cigar, and it was amazing. I've smoked his cigars for a while. But I have to tell you. Lately, I've been a little less impressed with the Rockies. The consistency hasn't been quite as good. Seems like he's gotten he's gotten so popular. His line's gotten so popular. I think he's just kind of cranking them out, and it's been hard for him to maintain the consistency. Sometimes so, the quality control suffers when you got so much. Uh, exactly. So, so it was demand. a little skeptically that I approached the freedom, but I have to say, this baby delivered. It was absolutely fantastic. Medium bodied. Perfect construction, smoked like a dream. There were flavors of like cocoa and wood and a nice sort of toastiness in the first half. By the second half, it got even more complex. There was little leather and spice. And um, by the way, we have to go back to your Camacho and ask about your price to quality uh, ratio. But this is about an $8 cigar, this Rocky that I smoked. I'm going to give it an 8 on the price to quality ratio. I'll say ratio. my Camacho was probably about a good solid 6. Yeah, okay. That's, six that's not bad. And I think I... I think I give bigger numbers than you do. I think you're more conservative <laughs> about handing out the numbers than I do. I want everyone to be a winner. No, I really don't. I'm just kidding about that. But, uh, but uh, okay. So we have, I think, a great show lined up for you today. When we return, Jeremiah Butler, the bar manager, at, bar manager at B&B Butchers and Restaurant, will be here with us. It's sip, smoke, and savor. Welcome back to Sip, Smoke, and Savor. My name is Cruz, my co-host Ian Barry. This program is about craft beer, fine spirits, and handmade cigars. We are so glad to have you listening. I wanted to mention, uh, Ian, I spent some time at the beach uh, last weekend in Galveston. That's the beach. If you live where we live in Houston, the beach is Galveston. Yeah. It's the best we can do. We live with it. We Lucky you, though. That's not a so, bad place no, to be. not complaining at all, but I wanted to tell you that I tried uh, a new recipe for frozen rumaritas and I used oh. some of the um, uh, some of the rum, some of the silver 
uh, rum from uh, uh, our buddy from Ian. The Grateful Dane. From the Grateful Dane, yes. And they, it uh, made the really Texas so. silver, right. I had found a recipe somewhere that I had learned to make strawberry rummeritas. And so what I did was I kind of took that same recipe, took out the strawberries, just added mint and more lime juice. Mm, that and sounds good. It made some really good, especially with this rum, because this rum is so good. Uh, it made some really good frozen rummeritas. I was the hit of the party. Everybody was like, how did you do this? I was like, well, you know, I, I made up the recipe myself, <laughs> and I, you know. Which like, I back kind off, of back did. off. I'm amazing. I, I kind of did, exactly. So, uh, But no, they were really good, and we drank way too many of them, which is what you're supposed to do when you're at the beach. And yeah, so, well, anyway, it was, uh, it was awesome. If the farthest you have to drive is up the stairs. Yes, yes. I love that. I love that. <laughs> or you're just on the places, deck, and you don't even have to go up the stairs. Yeah, the That's okay. on stilts. You just got to go up the stairs. That's it's right. awesome. It's amazing. So, so welcome back to the show. This is episode number 13, and we are really thrilled to introduce our uh, special guest this week. Uh, he is the bar manager at B&B Butchers and Restaurant on uh, Washington Avenue, 1814, is that right? 1814, uh, 1814 yeah. 1814 Washington Avenue in Houston. Uh, Mr. Jeremiah Butler. Jeremiah, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Now, you're going to be a part of the Whiskeys of the World event, which we will talk about uh, in a few minutes. But I, I wanted you to first tell us about B&B Butchers and Restaurant, because this is a little different concept, I think, in the world of restaurants or steakhouses. Is that right? Tell, t- for people who haven't been there. I've never been there. Well, all right, so, so tell me about so it. What yeah. are, so what are they? We're going, by the way, um, next week. So, all right. So basically, like, one of the main things that I kind of like to talk when I talk about kind of our identity as B&B is uh, we're... We're a fully functioning butcher shop that happens to have a high-end steakhouse attached. I okay. kind of do it the backwards way. So, so it isn't just like a for show, like uh, going to a Fuddruckers and they have the you know the meat hanging. No, in the not front at all. There, we, right? we have uh, fully functioning butchers. We have a, a, a dry aging room that's <clears throat> excuse me full of three thousand pounds of Himalayan pink salt. Wow. Um, that affects the aging process as well as some of the flavoring. Uh, kind of creates a salinity, and that's. What I think is a huge part of our identity is is the way that we do our dry aged steaks. We have certain cuts we call them our cellar cuts, and they are aged. We have different ones that are specifically brought from specific farms mm-hmm. to age for specific times. So, for example, the the Texas Wagyu that we get from Marfa, that ribeye specifically, that ribeye loin, we age for fifty five days, whereas the Wagyu, the Texas Wagyu we get from Gearheart Ranch, we only age twenty one to twenty eight. And they react differently because of fat content and things like that. And then we are also one of only nine restaurants in the entire United States that was just certified to sell 100% Tajima cow from Hyoko Prefecture, Kobe, Japan. Wow. Um, so the only one in Houston, uh, 3,900 of those cows alive. So all of these things you're telling me about the amount of time that a particular cut of beef is aged. I and mean, this makes me think of like whiskeys or cigars. Right. It's like this is all this is not random at all. This is very much by design from a butcher who I guess we have to start. I, mean, I always thought of butcher as, you know, what was the guy on the Brady Bunch? You know, Sam? <laughs> Sam. Right? Like you always think of that. But these guys are almost craftsmen. Those guy, yeah, there's got to be an in artisan the same level. Way that, in the same way that like a, a brewmaster or right. a master distiller right. would there's be. There's got to be an artisan level of that. Yeah. Well, and, and certainly when you get into the aging process um ken laszlo our our butcher and kind of the mastermind behind the whole that whole room him and him and tommy albashery um it really there really is a science to it and it's one of those things that you know we we give a lot of tours at the restaurant after people are done eating and you take somebody into this room 
full of this beef that's you know it looks weird and it smells like butter and garlic and sesame and yay you know all these things that you don't expect you know to walk into a refrigerator full of meat and, and experience and you know that's that's one of the really cool things about the process is is that you know you really get to see the the steps of age as they go through so, so can, how big is a walk-in cooler where you do all those things um it's pretty large i think it's 12 by 16 that's like a that. good size mm-hmm. cooler yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's and then in the back wall they built in um they're like little like three inch three by six bricks of himalayan pink salt and they stack it up the entire back oh wall. they're bricks interesting mm-hmm. i was thinking nice. bags or you know no like, it looks yeah. like little pink bricks on the back wall how cool and so the the salt kind of infuses just in the natural sort of curing well, yeah, it in does the room? two things it one it helps to pull that moisture out because that's something mm-hmm. you want in a dry age and then it also kind of creates a salinity in the air right and that's where you get that sort of like like the 55 day wagyu when you take your first bite of it it almost tastes like it's been marinated or or you know like it's been in right right but it hasn't and we don't even season our steaks we barely put any salt or pepper it's just a little olive oil because that age is so intense now i realize we're asking you about a lot about the meat and you're you're not the meat guy but uh but the um the butcher can can I go there and buy a steak and take it home and prepare it? Or is uh, absolutely. This, or serve, the steaks yeah. just for the restaurant? So oh. during the day, we have an, a fully functioning butcher shop as well as deli. So they have a selection of sandwiches. They have their own menu. Uh, we do house-cured pastrami's, house-cured corned beef, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> and then any of the steaks that we have on the menu are available for purchase in the butcher shop. Um, it's just not at night. I heard a new term for pastrami, by the way. Yeah? Everham. Everham. <laughs> Everham? From a guy from Scotland. He mentioned Everham. Everham. So it was wasn't like, like a jokey thing. He was like totally serious. That's what Scotland they or Ireland. Anyway, uh, yeah, he mentioned Everham. I was like, what? I'm sorry, say that again. He's Everham. And then he said, prosciutto. And I went, oh. Oh, well, oh, oh, that Everham. makes total sense, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I find it interesting. You know, one of the things. If you're trying to be like grill master and impress some people, like you got people coming over, one of the things that they can be the hardest, the biggest challenge, is finding a cut of meat, a steak, that is as good as what the guys in the restaurant are doing. Even yeah. if you're even if you're reasonably good with the grill. Uh, well, it, and even it can, be, it can be hard to find the same caliber. So I love the idea right. of even being able to come and buy one of your better dry aged steaks. Absolutely, take it home, pop it on the grill, and do the thing. And you don't know? forget to salt it at the right time. You need the yeah. right amount mm-hmm. of time. Although, although you're saying you guys yeah. don't salt it much at all because no, of the aging, because, right? Because the age, it, it's going to. Well, have I guess so if much you're aging, it's probably not necessary, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it's being aged in that room with the pink. The, 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 when I go down to my local thing. grocery store, they don't do that. Yeah, no, you you definitely <laughs> you don't want the age hey, steaks. That's, that's <laughs> that a wet, it's more of a wet age, wet age. I'm not going to lie. I bought some <laughs> steaks that wound up being really good this weekend, but I did have to salt them, and they right, were from right. Walmart. So, uh, uh, but <laughs> but you know, it wasn't. I wasn't trying to impress everyone. I was just right, having right. a steak, you know. So it was. Uh, so, but uh, to get back to B and B butchers and restaurant. Your job at B&B is more focused on spirits and, should I say, specifically on whiskeys, or are you overall spirits? Uh, I'm overall spirits there. We, uh, um, I don't, again, like I was saying earlier, I don't necessarily, I, I know the wine, but we, mm-hmm. have, a, we have an actual sommelier. Um, mm-hmm. So my role is more setting up the, co- the cocktail list, which is right. not super crafty being a steakhouse, but we like mm-hmm. to try and keep them fairly crafty, but fairly 
most of everything we do there is fairly built around whiskey. Finding that sweet spot, like Absolutely. between being too crafty and 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 yet, yet knowing your audience and knowing what people Absolutely. are going to want. Sure, absolutely. Um, and then, so, but the most impressive thing with us is is definitely you know our whiskey list is is really nice. And how, I've, how many whiskeys on your list? Uh, we're sitting right around two hundred and forty oh, right now. Holy crap! That's I have to a ask lot. you. Okay, so out of two hundred and forty, what are your favorites? Um, give me, give me two or three. Brugelotic, uh, Octomore. Yeah. Okay, wow. Um, that's a really, really heavy scotch. Uh, anything Ardbeg does, um, I'm a big, big fan of the Pete's, uh, the heavy, heavy Isla scotches. Mm-hmm. Um, Ardbeg Supernova, which is the most parts per million of Pete in the by science. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of my favorites. Um, I, bourbons, I tend to find myself liking the overproofs more because I, I, I don't quite like so much of the round. Um, caramelly vanilla sort of finishes that a lot of bourbons get so like Booker's tends to, Booker's Baker's um, you know E.H. Taylor Barrel Proof those those tend to be more of uh, of the bourbons that I would be drinking. Oh, okay. With your uh, love of the peat, you would have enjoyed being on the show last week when we had our yes. uh, guest from Glenfiddich who brought in uh, uh, some things for us to taste, and and we talked a lot about how uh, I'm sorry, it wasn't Glenfiddich uh, last? Oh, week. you're talking was, about uh, 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 Killoman. Well, Killoman, yeah. Uh, it, it was uh, it was some of the peatier scotch. That I've tasted. Well, and that's funny because I mentioned I was looking at my shelf like when you texted me last night, hey, what whiskey are you going to bring? Or when yeah. you uh, messaged me last night. And I looked at my shelf and I have Lafrague, the quarter cask. Mm-hmm. I have the 10 year. And I have actually quite a bit of those. Cardeus yeah. is one of my favorite releases. Those, those actually are the three Lafragues mm-hmm. that I have. And I almost brought that one, but I oh. thought, mm, I'm not sure if. Uh, <laughs> Cruz is ready for that one. See, Ian and I have our different areas that we know. I'm more the tequila and rum guy, but he's oh, definitely the uh, the guy when it comes to, to yeah. whiskey, especially scotch. I've got yeah. a, I've got a great reserve cart though. I've got I mean I've got a, like some really special tequilas. I've got some really special yeah. rums. I got El Dorado 25, Ooh. which is one of my hands down favorite rums in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, now see you're singing. I don't even know what that is, but I'd like to try it. I guess. <laughs> well, you guys cognacs. have mentioned some whiskeys that I've never had. So, <laughs> so, so, but that's one of the beautiful things about this show. You know, this is doing this show is kind of like a bucket list thing because it's like, man, I want to try that. I want to try that cognac that uh, I tasted at that tasting that I looked and saw the price and went, holy crap, I won't be buying that this well, week. Well, that's why we do this that's show so that we can get <laughs> so we can get those people on the show and then right. they give it to us right. instead of us having to right. buy it all At the time. At least they bring a taste. Yeah, so, right. Yeah. Just give us a taste. So that's something. Well, today we're actually tasting one that came from your personal collection and we're going to do that in the next segment. Ian, what's the name of this? Oh, uh, this is the Willet uh, Pot Still Reserve. Oh my! And I will tell you if you're listening to this and you're near a computer, you need to look it up because look at this bottle; it's okay. awesome. We'll post a photo of the bottle on our Facebook page as well. That's uh, Sip Smoke and Savor, Facebook.com/slash Sip Smoke and Savor. Go there and check us out, and we will uh, be right back with Jeremiah Butler and some uh, pretty interesting-looking scotch.
Welcome back to Sip, Smoke, and Savor. Craft beer, fine spirits, and handmade cigars is what this show is about. My name is Cruz. My co-host, Ian Barry, our special guest, Jeremiah Butler from B&B Butchers and Restaurant. A couple things I wanted to mention at the top of this segment. The first is to remind you about Whiskeys of the World coming up this weekend at the um, uh, Hyatt Regency downtown, the Imperial Ballroom, 3 to 7. Go to whiskeysoftheworld.com slash Houston to uh, find out de- details on tickets and That's make sure Saturday, October first. Yeah, Saturday, October first. Thank you. Uh, That's going to be four to seven. Yeah, I'm sorry. Did I say three to seven? It's four to seven. So three to seven. If you have the uh, VIP pass, I believe. Ah, is gotcha. four to seven. So they, I think they strategically put it at that time so that if you're in the industry, you can still get to work afterwards. Right. That's exactly right because so many of the people who are going to be there and be a part of it actually have Saturday night gigs That's because right. they're right. uh, they're pouring whiskey somewhere, serving whiskey somewhere. So uh, so anyway, join us there. It's going to be fun. We will broadcast live uh, and we'll also be by the way uh, giving you a chance to save 20% on your tickets by using the code SSS at checkout if you buy them online. So that's coming up. Also wanted to mention, um, uh, Ian, you went to a very cool event this last week um, that was put on by Milagro Tequila. Milagro Tequila. Uh, I yeah, did an interview which, with... By the way, I love Milagro Tequila. I've been a fan for a while. You know, I uh, I think I've had it in a drink here or there and enjoyed mm-hmm. it, but I didn't really get to know it. Their Añejo is pretty nice. I pretty spoke nice. with... With J.P. Delora, the representative from Milagro Tequila, and he is very excited about his product. Uh, I actually did a whole interview, which will air at a later time, but uh, I did a whole interview with him. And then, uh, and during the interview, like we do on the show, we went through six different tequilas. Oh, nice. Oh, man, it was fantastic. Nice. I can't we believe started, I missed this. <laughs> I learned quite a few things about tequila, but one of my favorite gems from it is... When you have a tequila like Milagro, when you taste their basic silver, their their uh, their right, quote unquote lowest end one, their right, basic, their right? basic one, yes. Every tequila that they have up in the line comes from that basic uh, liquid. It's what they do to it. It's after what they do. How long it's aged after they right, have that exactly. liquid, right? And it all comes aged, from that of, same liquid. What kind of casks and so on? Well, that's right. really interesting because that's the same way with whiskeys, right? right. Like, so if you go mm-hmm. to Glenfiddich, every single Glenfiddich bottle. Starts out as the same clear distillate that comes out of the still. And it's, it's simply what they do to uh, it yeah, afterwards. Right, right. Yes, you're absolutely right. So, Jeremiah, how did you? Um, there's to get a job like yours. There's obviously certain like certifications, right? I know to be a sommelier, for example, uh, definitely, you, have definitely. Have, you have to have a certain certification. What What does it take to be like the spirits manager? What kind of certification do you have to have? Uh, well, currently, right now, the one, the main one that I'm working on is uh, what's called a CSS, mm-hmm. which is a certified spirit specialist. Wow. Um, then I have my sommelier certification, as well as I just randomly before BNB, but I actually have a, a, a degree in French culinary arts as well. Oh, wow. Cool. So um, I just... For me, I'm just addicted to, to food and booze, man. Food and booze. You're going to love it. See, uh, this and, is... and, and then they threw a humidor in my in my bar, and I was like, okay, uh, we're happy, we're happy. Uh, I love this so place. So I want to get to that in a second, but tell me, um, I mean, what is it, how difficult is it to learn the stuff that you have to learn in order to be knowledgeable enough to hold a position like yours? I mean, is it is it a long-term sort of tenured type education? Is it something you can study and do in a year? What's it like? Uh, I, a little longer. It also depends on, on how often you're exposed to different spirits. I mean, being in the industry, you know, I, I was one of the head bar guys at Mazraf's over there on Post Oak for a long mm-hmm. time, and Russell, the owner, was very... Um, he was very insistent that, you know, I was involved in product, like, you know, tasting it, trying it. You know, he would send me to different seminars, um, which is kind of how 
I found like my passion for spirits. Mm-hmm. And then once that goes even farther, like the, 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 the two things that you get as have an advantage if you're in the industry is number one, you're exposed to so many more spirits. You can walk into the bar, you know, and I make my bar staff definitely taste new things, try things that they haven't before. Mm-hmm. And so that's twofold. Number one, the exposure. And number two, from a financial standpoint, you know, they don't have to go out and buy every single one of these bottles. Right. Which can take like uh, some real yeah. time yeah. Oh, and man. money to learn all this stuff if you're buying it a bottle at a time. You know. Well, you end up with another added uh, advantage when you when your employees are more knowledgeable. If you as a consumer walk in and say, "I like this style," or "I want to try something new," but I like things oh, like here's this. what I like. They can't yeah. sell what they don't know, and right. then they have an educated idea here. You know, right? Exactly. And I love doing that. You know, whether it's you know craft beers I, yeah. or you know whiskeys, whatever it is, I love being able to say, "Okay, look, here's what I really like. Light me up with something new." You know, and I don't mm-hmm. mind if every time it doesn't hit it out of the park because it means they were trying. But I want them to have given me what they recommend for a very specific reason. Absolutely. They heard me and said, well, if you like that, try this. See what you think of this. You know, I don't mind them expanding my horizons a little bit. I just I just wanted there to be reasoning behind it. So, And, and that makes real sense to me in whiskeys where I know a lot less, where it's like, okay, I'm putting my trust in your hands here. You know, take take me somewhere really good, you know? Sure, sure. Well, well I, I've been places where bartenders cringe when you say that too, but I love it when a bartender goes, okay, I got you. I know yeah. this. I right. Know this exactly. No, that's exactly right. I like that. I like that very much. So um, one of the things, Jeremiah, we require of all of the guests on the show is that they participate in the tastings with us. So I'm sure this is not going to be a problem. Can I see my arm being twisted? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually <laughs> twisting his arm right now. Well, Ow. Ian has brought this, uh, what looks like, and I'm really excited to taste it, what looks like a really amazing whiskey. Ian, tell me uh, what we got here. This is the Willet. Pot Still Reserve. And, still and as I reserve. said, if you're near a computer while you're listening to this, you just need to look it up because the bottle will sell it on its own. The, However, the, the bottle is actually a pot still. Yes, that's right. That's right. That's right. Everyone else in here said various other things. <laughs> yes. Varying yes. levels well, the of bottle itself too. is modeled yes. after a pot still. Yep, yep. And it looks fantastic. Um, and so here is the opening. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Nice. Nicely done. <laughs> so we're big on sound effects here. Cheesy sound effects, perhaps, but sound effects all the same. Uh, and one of the things we I always like to do tech. is one of the things we always like to do is uh, is get the opening of the bottle or can in uh, in the case of some of the beers. Now, Ian, you have tried this before, correct? I have tried this. You've tried this before. So this is going to be uh, it's kind of coming in on an Ian recommendation. This, this is my treat to you. Ah, I'm very excited. So, and we do carry this at B and B. <laughs> oh, you do. Okay, good. Shameless I was, plug. I was uh, I was just about to ask. Now, while he's pouring, let me ask you. Uh, you guys are part of Whiskeys of the World, this event that we've been talking mm-hmm. a lot about. Um, am I correct that you guys were asked to pair a particular whiskey, or I'm sorry, pair a particular food with a whiskey that that was brought to you by yes. Whiskeys of the World? Is that right? So they came and said, "Here's the whiskey we want you to do. What is the?" Um, what is the type of food you want to pair with it? So first of all, what's, what's the whiskey? Can you say? Uh, I can, I can. So the whiskey is uh, Old Pultani 12. Okay. It's a Highland single malt scotch, 12 oh, years okay. old, um, bourbon barrel aged, really heavy sherry finish on the end, mm-hmm. um, which for a lot of scotch drinkers can kind of go either way. I mean, obviously most scotches spend a, a le- at least a little time in, in a sherry, sherry barrel. Yeah. 
Um, this particular one, uh, I find it to have a. It's not overly complex. It's a really good intro scotch. So mm. somebody's kind of like just starting to learn about aged scotches and aged whiskeys, things like that. This is one that won't break your bank. And, you know, that's very approachable. So when it comes to choosing the right food to go with this, do does that process start with you as the uh, spirits guy? Does it start with the chef? In other words, how, how do you... What happens when they go, okay, here's the whiskey, and now you're going, okay, we're going to put a menu item with it? Well, it's a little bit of both. Um, you know, I, I sit down with the chef and, and have him taste it, I taste it. Um, uh, you know, it's again having an advantage where I understand food a little right, better than. Right, because you've got the food training, sure. Uh, a little better than, than certain bar people who are more just on the spirit side. So for us, it's kind of like you, like you tend to approach it, you're either going to go like and like, or you're going to go contra. So mm-hmm. you're either going to find flavors that are already in, this, in the whiskey. Or you're going to find flavors that aren't there, but that are complemented by the whiskey, and try and pair that. Right, way. try and match it up. Yeah, sure. So, uh, so what kind of food can you say that you came uh, up with I for this? I can't say you too can't much, say. Okay. but uh, what I will say is I'm quite sure it will involve bacon. Oh, which well. is uh, always a great pairing when you get into whiskeys. Anything that's been in a bourbon barrel, anything that's got that vanilla caramel, you know, toffee goes note. well with bacon. Just so you know, you had me at bacon. So, uh, for sure. Uh, it's not too hard to, to, to get convinced people when you use the word bacon. Well, we've got our uh, we've got our scotch board here. Ian, again, the name of this is? The Willet uh, is the brand. Willet, Willet mm-hmm. Pot Still Reserve. Pot Still Reserve. And this, do we know how yes. old this is? How long it was aged? It's not, I don't, it's not a particularly aged one okay. as far as I know. Um, and I don't have that information in front of me, so I'll uh, go ahead and keep moving on with this conversation. However, oh, Ian, <laughs> this is good. While you were while you were trying to explain that you didn't know how aged, that I don't know anything. I, I um, was uh, tasting this for the first time. This is fantastic. It's good. You know what's really interesting wow, about this particular it. one, and uh, and I've had this many times before, mm-hmm. is um, the heat is in the middle of this. Yes, you're so it's right not, about that. It's not on the tail end. I mean, there's a little bit. You know, when you take a sip of anything with you know a high liquor content. Uh, or high alcohol content that uh, you get a little bit of heat from it, and on this it shows up right in the middle. Right of the in the flavor. middle, it doesn't linger for a long time after. Which I would say to people who are more novices on the whiskey side, sometimes that's what you should stay away from when you're first learning is the stuff where the heat really stays with you. Right. So this would be a good a good early one to try because you get that nice burst of heat but then by the time you hit the finish right it's and really right up front if you ask me it has a it has a lot of caramel it has a I lot of vanilla totally lots that, of yes. that but it also has a little bit of cinnamon almost in mm-hmm. it um and uh and then you get this big heat right in the middle of the flavor and then when you swallow it just washes away almost super clean with just the tiniest uh hint of vanilla on the tail mm-hmm. end of it jeremiah is there a sense that the Caramel and vanilla flavors are among the people who are really like high end scotch enthusiasts. That that's more of a low to medium frame thing, and that the real purists like stuff with less of that. Um, I, I would say like you're, you're looking at two different whiskeys, kind of at that point. Like right. when you're looking, people who, who go for bourbons, that's a very desired, mm-hmm. very sought after. Mm-hmm. Um, in the scotch world, it can be, but mm-hmm. it might not be. So it's kind of one of those where, uh, again, that's education, teaching your staff. So in other words, it's not about like, well, the super high end is this. The super high end could be either one of those things. It could be. 
and it just depends on what your particular taste is and how it comes at you. Very interesting. All right, we are Sip, Smoke, and Savor. Uh, we're tasting some excellent scotch, and when we come back, I brought a beer that I'm betting Ian is going to love. <laughs> I can't wait to see it. Welcome back, my friends, to Sip, Smoke, and Savor, craft beer, fine spirits, and handmade cigars. My name is Cruz, my co-host Ian Barry, and our special guest, uh, Jeremiah Butler, uh, the bar manager at B&B Butchers and Restaurant. Uh, I just wanted to mention, Ian, really enjoying during the break this uh, this whiskey that you poured, and I'm uh, I'm actually quite impressed with this. this so, is- a couple things. Um, Jeremiah mentioned that it's Eight to ten years old. Okay, yeah, he mentioned that in the break. He knows this better. Yeah, I should say it in a microphone, but you know, <laughs> he's taking his jacket off now, so he's ready to That's do this. Right. So we're getting comfortable. Yes, yeah, starting like to get the whiskey flowing. Get the whiskey in, in, in what does a bottle of this uh, cost? In in like just forty five bucks. Forty five bucks. So it's yeah, like a, a kind of a what I would call a normally. Priced. Yeah, but the price to quality. If you ask me, the wow. price to quality yeah. on this is definitely like an eight. Yeah, this so, is a great drink. Well, this again, this is one of the things that if we have a goal for this show. Other than to like smoke and drink and enjoy ourselves, uh, it it would be to bring to people like the concept of whether it's cigars or craft beer or things like this whiskey, things that maybe aren't that expensive but really are enjoyable in a way that's beyond what their price is. You yeah. know what I mean? And this particular one too, uh, it's it's a pretty robust flavor. If you Put a couple uh, small cubes of ice and a little splash of mm-hmm. water in there. You can tame a lot of that. It's very drinkable. See, I like the robustness, though. That's just, that's just well, really, and, really good. That's part of what I would feel like. Would, uh, is, this is one of the better cigar bourbons. It's yeah. because of that okay. robustness and, and aggression. So let's let's talk a little bit about that. And I want to talk about your connection to cigars at B&B. But, um, but just in general, what kind of uh, scotches and whiskeys Hair best with cigars. Is there a, is there a general thing you, like general characteristics that that you'd be looking for? Yeah, I would think you would just. You, I, I tend to try and pair up your intensities. So if somebody's drinking a lighter bourbon or an Irish whiskey or something like that, then mm-hmm. I would go something more delicate, like an Avo Classic, something right. real buttercream. Right, right. Whereas if you're like my palate and you're sitting there drinking a you know 18 year old Lafroig. Or an Ardbeg Supernova, you know, I, I'm probably going to lean some more towards like a Maduro, like a Padron, or mm-hmm, some, mm-hmm. something that's more that'll stand up to it. Absolutely, right, that'll hold up against uh, the whiskey that's got that kind of yeah, flavor and, and power. And then that right? works true, like even with other spirits. Like I, you know, we have you know, our reserve cart. You know, I have several. Like, I have I have a couple of rums that are made like like the Avo Classic and the El Dorado 25 or the Ronzacapa XO. Just made are to like, go in the Ronzacapa. Oh, that's oh, that's yeah. That's like one of those holy pairings for me. Like one of those holy pairings that I've found, uh, and if you have these two components, you should always recommend them together. Is the Glenmorangie original? Okay, with uh, Perdomo Champagne, like which is one of the lighter pairings, right? Yeah, and yeah. those two things make just a magical mm, something. I love that. 
And this like, is really interesting because you have to understand, Ian really is a fan of the more powerful yeah, cigars. Yeah, generally so like for, more robust to, uh, yeah. drink and cigars. But yeah. those two things, for some reason, something about that flavor, just they really just blend. Yeah, man, they just make something a little magical. And that's the thing that, that there's not any like guaranteed, you know, hard fast rule. The main thing I would say is. If you're drinking a delicate spirit, you know you don't want you don't want to lose the spirit because your palate's being assaulted by the cigar. Right. So if you're if you're drinking that Glen Range, you don't really want like a man of war cigar. Yeah, right? no, you're not looking for like an Opus X or. So at B and B Butchers and Restaurant, which is a butcher shop. It's been described as a butcher shop with a classic upscale steakhouse. Absolutely. Uh, you're at 1814 Washington Avenue in Houston, in a state that is less friendly to smokers, particularly cigar smokers, uh, although pretty much every state's that Definitely. way now. But, Rest in peace, uh, Downing Street. Yes, yeah. exactly. And, you know, someday we have to talk about that because those guys. The people that bought that were just stupid. I had a birthday I mean, party just there. Stupid. It was a good birthday. Old school yeah. Downing Street was awesome. Amazing. And I spent plenty of dollar there oh, in, man. in my day. I used to go in there and oh. tell Dave, I want to spend this much. Love Dave, I, I need yeah. three scotches. And I, I learned a lot about smoking oh. cigars and drinking whiskey in that bar. R.I.P. Downing Street in Houston. That was the bomb. Uh, so we'll come back to that another time because that's a sad story, the Downing Street story. <laughs> you get is. us all nostalgic now. Yeah, I know, I know. I know. I know. Uh, but but it, when we're looking for, and one of the things we like to do on this show is like we actually stole the name from the Cigar Aficionado app is where to smoke. Like where we'd like to, to talk smoke. about where to go to smoke, and we'd love to recognize, like we did with El Big Bad downtown, who have mm-hmm. a very nice patio. The upstairs patio is upstairs patio. That it's just a great cigar place and to mezcal. Go and smoke. Oh, it's wonderful! Yeah. It's wonderful, and they have all kinds of infused tequilas there which can be fun with the cigars but we'll go to that another time what are you guys what's your setup for smokers so we have um we have a, a outdoor terrace uh in the upstairs of ours we have a downstairs in the bar we have a humidor um we don't have an extensive collection i think 16 18 different sticks but they do as long run as you can find something worth smoking that night well, it's good they i've got several rocky patels i've got mm-hmm. um I've got the Padron 64, uh, Opus X. I've got the Ashton ESG and VSG. Mm, both of those uh, are Virgin good. Grown Sun and the State Grown Sun. Yeah. The VSG is amazing. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, and so basically, you you know, you, you get your cigar, and then upstairs we have a rooftop terrace that actually looks right into the heart of the downtown Houston skyline. Oh, nice. Uh, absolutely awesome. The patio has uh, uh, individual covers. So we can actually move and shift the coverage to like as the sun moves to shade different oh, parts. Oh, nice! That's that is so cool. cool. What um, a great idea! Yeah, really neat. And then uh, fans up there, so we can go smoke there in the afternoon Absolutely and not have to worry about being because that's one of the things that can be tough about some of the outdoor places. Like you almost have to wait until it's dusk at some of them to smoke yeah, I mean, if it's it, a hot summer in day. a lot yeah. of states where you live that's not so bad sitting in a sunbeam but in Houston that means oh, you're at painful. 100 degrees <laughs> yeah. painful. Exactly. You, might, you might catch on fire <laughs> wow well that's really that's really awesome and really interesting and I think that yeah, and, uh, Ian we should plan to do a show down well, there and we as a culture at BNB, I mean even to the extent you know the servers carry a torch and a cutter as part of their uniform Sweet. so okay, they're I love always that, ready that he says we as a culture at BNV like they have yeah. a uh, I'm sorry, a B&B. We have a B&B culture. Oh, yes. absolutely. That's awesome. And it involves carrying a torch and a cutter. So I, I'm uh, all about And bacon. <laughs> and, and bacon. bacon. And lots of see, brown whiskey. See, this is how it should be. This is absolutely how it should be. Well, Ian, you and I are going uh, very soon. We're going to take the wives and treat them to a nice dinner on the town and uh, enjoy Your enjoy first round's on me, guys. 
Fair right. enough. Fair enough. It sounds like a plan. All right. So the next round is on us because we're about to sample uh, uh, something that I brought in because I knew or I thought at least this would be exciting to Ian. See, it's kind of like, you know, like like when you're dating a girl and you got, start to learn like what she kind of likes and then you like see something, you're like, oh, I'm going to get this as a gift for her. And then you get really excited because you're like, I know she's going to get excited about this. The, so that's kind of how I'm I feeling, am. I'm feeling a little uncomfortable, uh, but at the and, same and, time, and a little should. warm and fuzzy. And you should, <laughs> yes, in both ways. That's kind of the same way I am. I'm standing in specs, and I see this. I'm like, oh, I think Ian's going to love this. I got to get this. So, so you know, if you'll excuse the comparison, that's uh, that's why I that's why I brought in this uh, this Yeti. I'm really uh, glad I could be part of this. Moment. Yeah, I don't, I don't have bacon in my pocket. He's like, I am never coming back on this show ever again. Or maybe I'm coming back every time. Uh, <laughs> no, I just have to dress differently. I so guess. Ian's <laughs> about to open for us the chocolate oak aged Yeti Imperial Stout. Oh man, this looks great! This great is... Divide Brewing Company in Denver, Colorado. Wait a, a moment of sound. Well, that was nice. That was very nice. That was very nice. See, we we enjoy the different sound effects on the show. Sometimes you get a big loud one. Sometimes it's just a nice little. And that's kind of what that one was. Just so you know, we don't have a full studio audience, but the bottle openings are always real. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Nothing about this sound effect or this one. Or this one. Nothing about that is real, but the bottle openings are always actually real. So I will first say, as Ian's doing the pouring, that this is one of the darker uh, stouts or porters yeah, it's pretty mysterious that we've looking. seen in a while. It is just, yeah, mysterious looking is right. And I'm. Mm, mysterious is good. I would actually nose, say it yeah. looks, uh, and without saying it in a bad way, it looks pretty much like used Motoro. <laughs> I'm okay with that comparison. Yeah, I mean, it really does, delicious. and and it's a little thinner than a used motor oil, but mm-hmm. um, it looks fantastic. Like, when they say it's a chocolate oak-aged Yeti, you can almost just see it in the uh, in the head that's on this beer. You can see the, the head's very the chocolate. Dark. Yeah, this beer, by the way, is from Great Divide Brewing Company, which is based in Denver. And I just took the first sip, and this is wonderful. All right, so I'm just that's smelling it right now, beer, and it's yeah. nothing but chocolate on the nose. Chocolate <laughs> yeah, it, and, it is, a little bit of vanilla in there. It is almost like an alcoholic chocolate milkshake is what it really tastes like. And, and there is Ooh, nothing I bet this wrong will make an not, amazing shake. Not as sweet, uh, mind you, but definitely it has that quality. Oh, to I it. would be okay with like this this over ice cream, like just vanilla ice cream, no yeah, problem. Yeah, this, this should just go over ice cream. This is amazing. This is fantastic. Wow, I'm so glad. See, I, I knew when I saw this bottle, Ian, I was like, he's going to love this. Yes, yes. And we're having this out of a bomber, which is yes, a, a big it is, bottle. It is the larger big bottle. And it should know, be a good food beer. I'm not going yeah. to I'm not going to remember this exactly, but I want to say it was about ten dollars uh, for the bomber. So, you know, about, about what you would expect, I think, for something Ooh, like this. So I'd say on the price to quality scale, I say we're pretty high on mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I would I would say so. I'd put that up at your eight. Yes, yes, I would I would agree. So, uh, Jeremiah, you mentioned this would be a good food beer. What kind of uh, food would you pair with a beer like this? Man, this is like big, robust. Like this has actually this would be good for a steakhouse. Mm-hmm. Even, you know? Yeah, with well, a steak, it's got a little but, bitterness to it. Yeah, too. absolutely. Well, and that's one of the things. Like this, the bitterness and like acid component would really work with a big fatty steak. But we have a couple of appetizers. Like uh, we do a lamb bacon. 
And the first time, the first drink I took of this, I'm like, oh my god, the lamb bacon. This bacon. is the lamb bacon. <laughs> yeah, we take lamb belly and we uh, we we brine it for two days and then cold smoke it for like a day and a half. It's amazing. amazing. I could also see this with almost like a portobello kind of flavor too. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Totally, which yeah. Totally. goes into that steak world, right. that earthy, right. mushroomy, especially very the aged earthy. Steaks. Right. Right. Yeah. I made some great grilled portobello steaks this weekend too. Mm. Oh man, and you're right. This would just pair up so wonderfully with that. Oh. Man, I gotta get. How much more of the show do we have to do? I'm hungry. Uh, this, is, <laughs> this is really working here. Uh, wow, liking this a lot. Um, so recommended highly, uh, and I would say the very highly uh, recommended. the price to quality very high in eight uh, at least. Yeah, this uh, is on our good beer. beer. All right, when we come back in our final segment, we are going to taste a craft beer classic. It's Rogue Dead Guy Ale. We'll do that, and we'll uh, enjoy our final segment of this week's uh, show number 13 for Sip, Smoke, and Savor. Listening to Sip, Smoke, and Savor, the program that's about craft beer, fine spirits, and handmade cigars. My name is Cruz. My co-host is Ian Barry. Our guest is uh, the bar manager at the B- part you, uh, B&B Butchers and Restaurant, Jeremiah Butler. The part you can't Howdy. see, uh, whenever that song kicks up every time, is everybody dancing in their chair. Can I just tell you about the great. Suffers? This band from Houston, <laughs> Texas, I really believe they are the next big thing. They're so good. They're so good. And they're really starting to take off, too. This uh, this is from their debut album, although they've had EPs out and stuff. But they're fabulous. They're great live. I'll see them again uh, in about a month for the fourth time. It'll be the fourth time I've seen them. They're awesome. I'm a big fan. Yeah. Big fan. So. Uh, so there you go. Suffers there's your plug. I love you guys. You're awesome. Um, and yeah, I'd like I would to, imagine, I'd like to know where that show's going to be. I'd I like, imagine. I, I'll give you details. I would like to point out during the break that we discovered that uh, not only was the uh, chocolate oak-aged Yeti from Great Divide a mm-hmm. fantastic beer, but it goes really well with the with the with the, with the oh, yeah, I can't talk with the Willet Pot Still Reserve. So it goes you, that well together. Did you right, that's how good it goes together. Uh, Actually, I, I did put a little Jeremiah bit of the beer. Jeremiah I put did, a little yeah. bit of the beer in the uh, leftover uh, whiskey glass. And how did that go? Uh, pretty phenomenal, actually. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. There you go. That's working. Uh, Jeremiah, tell us uh, really quickly. B and B Butchers and Restaurant. It's a butcher shop with a classic upstale steakhouse, and as we have discovered, a really good place to smoke, which is awesome. Absolutely. We're really, really psyched about this. Eighteen fourteen Washington Avenue in Houston. Uh, but and I'll just say this: without all the Washington Avenue pretentiousness, it's just a cool place to go. And so my yeah. wife likes to menu surf. Anytime I say we're going someplace, the first thing she's going to do is look, look it the up. Menu up on her phone, and my she's going to menu surf. It's amazing. She already knows everything the restaurant has. 15 seconds after I say we're going someplace. So where should people go to uh, menu surf and to uh, contact you and check your social media? Uh, for So you can follow me if we have a Facebook page. Uh, our regular standard website is uh, just bbbutchers.com. And then we also have an Instagram, which is at bbbutchers. 
And is it um, BB Butchers when you're on social media, or is it B and the and sign? No, it's BB. It's BB. Okay. Mm-hmm. BB, BB Butchers. Butchers. And then okay. same thing with the social media. There is no N for sand, but uh, you know we like to throw out like occasionally if we have a special drink or like a cool appetizer we're doing, we'll throw it up mm-hmm. on Instagram. Cool. Um, you know we're. We're, we're, we're an older older crowd, but we still, we like to be hip, you know. I love it. I love it. And it's a, I think it's it's a kind of place where you can go and hang for a while, too. Absolutely. It's not a get you in, feed you a steak, rush you out the door type no, of place. No, it's kind you know? of whatever experience you want. I mean, if you if we're close enough to the theater district that if you have the desire to make it to a show, uh, we can absolutely you can get you, do that. You can get us out of there in you time. Know, absolutely. Shows. And then if, you know, a lot of what happens with us, especially... Um, uh, during the cooler months is, you know, you sit down, you have a nice dinner, and then you grab a stick, and you grab a scotch, and you go up to the terrace. And before you know it, you're like, screw the show. I'm staying here, and we're <laughs> right. going to enjoy this cigar. I mean, I've been to some good shows at the Alley Theater, but not oh, that yeah. good. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's exactly and By the way, I'm if you go about. to the Alley Theater, and you happen to run into a bartender named Scotty, that's a buddy of mine. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. I was at the Alley uh, a couple of weeks ago, actually. Saw that uh, Janis Joplin show oh, that, cool. they, oh, that they yeah, had yeah. there. Yeah, it was... Uh, it was very interesting. I have mixed reviews, but let's put it this way. The parts of it that I thought were good were really good. Right. So, well, in uh, the venue, so it's, it's my favorite theater yeah. in the theater oh, district. It, it really is a great place to see. Well, if show. you run into Scotty or Robert over at the Alley Theater, tell them I said hi. I will, rem- I will remember that. Scotty or Robert at the Alley Theater. So we have another beer to taste. And <clears throat> now I brought this in because I was thinking this week that sometimes we have a tendency to sample and taste a lot of the like brand new releases or uh, the brand new breweries that have popped up and i was thinking you know craft beer has some trailblazers there are some uh, companies that got out there and did it way back when there weren't all that many craft beers and some of that beer is still as good or better than uh, some of the new stuff that is being released. And so with that in mind, I went back to an old standby, and I know all three of us have tried it before, but we're going to taste it and talk about it. It's Rogue Dead Guy Ale, one of the earlier, like I will say, sort of heavier ales oh, absolutely. that I, I ever I tried. I craft beer, without yeah. question. Yeah. So uh, how long ago um, would you say you had a, a Rogue Dead Guy Ale for the first time. Oh, man. Um, it's actually my buddy Peter Clifton that runs the bar program at Ritual. That I, was the last time I had a Rogue Dead Guy mm-hmm. Ale was with him. So probably would have been a couple years, maybe, maybe years, a year, yeah. 18 months. Yeah. Ian, when did you try I don't for the remember, first time, remember when I first met Rogue. I think we just always knew each other. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't I tell don't you the know. first Leave it to the poet and the artist on the show to say something like but that. But I want to... <laughs> <laughs> We've always been dead together. Yeah. We were destined to be together. Um, Rogue Dead Guy Ale is so good. And uh, I just want to point out that certain places will sell this in a half-gallon growler. Oh, well, you have to love that. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I love that because you can walk up and say, I'm only having one beer tonight. <laughs> yes. And I have, on rare occasions, made it through an entire one of those myself. <laughs> I will tell you that um, I don't remember if it was when I was first introduced to Dead Guy Ale, but my mem- first like real distinct memory of it uh, is a buddy that I had in Philadelphia who he was one of those guys, we all have a friend like this, who doesn't really know that much about beer but acts like they like know a lot and he was like i just discovered something i don't like beer but i like ales and i'm like okay (laughs) i I think i know what you're trying to say but you're just like sound effect on the thing for wah wah yeah um let's see we have this no that's not it okay uh (laughs) There, that's what we were looking for. That's what we were looking for. 
So no, but I, you know, and, and I understood what he was trying. To, what he was trying to say is he was thinking when he was saying beer, he was thinking you're sort of like mainstream macro brew, know, macro brew. Sure. And what and what he was trying to say is I've tried some of these things that are things like you know this ale or that ale, and I thought they were really good. Like he was a big fan of the Trappist ales and and Chimay and things like that, yeah. like that he would do. But he just didn't really he just didn't really know how to verbalize it. Anyway, I want to say he's the guy that actually gave me my first. Um, rogue dead guy ale, but I remember going, oh, oh, oh yes, it's, it's a good yeah. beer. It's so, a good beer. Um, so without further ado, Ian, let's open this bad boy up. Ooh, that was a good one. That was, that was a good one. <laughs> Liking it very much. I love the combination of the real organic beer opening sound effects with the little tinny cheesy you know uh, <laughs> sound effect machine uh, that totally works um rogue dead guy ale again has been around for a while and i'm to be honest not all that familiar with the other offerings in the rogue line are you ian have you had any of the other ones that they do i, I have actually they have a uh, porter that is outstanding mm-hmm. Uh, that's the other rogue that I've had. So. We got to get one of these for Bobby too. So, yes, yes, uh, I'm getting there, but we ran out. So oh, here yes, it here is again. Go. Another this time without the fanfare. Oh, all right, that's all right. That's all right. We'll take it. We'll take it. I'll have a little extra on it. Oh, yeah. now we got to get this, <laughs> this, the pour. The sound of the pour. Yes. All right. Well, we got the we got the beer against the glass at least. So uh, so that was so that was thing. <laughs> so close rogue dead guy ale. How would you would you call this an IPA? Um, Ian? Not even close. Not even close. Not even close. Okay. So this is more like what? Like what? How is it? How would this be classified? This is an ale. Just a straight up ale. <laughs> you waited for that, right? Yes. This is uh, this is a, a robust ale. It doesn't have the bitterness of the IPA no, or no, the pale ale. It's but not. It's not hop front like a uh, like an IPA. No, it's way more nutty. Right. It's, right, it's way more nutty. It's uh, it's actually along the lines if you've ever had a. Um, uh, uh, what's the brewery out of San Francisco? The Anchor Steam. The Anchor Steam. Mm-hmm. It's, yes, it's yes. much more like that, but it's a little more robust in the middle. It's got a lot of malt flavors in the middle, um, and actually, I have to say that our collection of drinks that we've had today—all go—they're flowing right into each other. Really, kind of really well together. Well, aren't they? Yes, yes. Like, this is unbeknownst to us, we just made it work. <laughs> so, so what's really missing from this is the cigar, and so I have to say we need to plan very soon uh, to record a show at uh, B&B Butchers and Restaurant so that we can sit out on the deck. You can come in, uh, you know, maybe recommend us some uh, scotches to taste. Oh, absolutely, and we can uh, we can light up a, a nice cigar. That'll be that'll be fantastic. So I'm going to put the Dead Guy Ale on a price to quality scale. I'm going to put this one up real high. This is a, a solid 8 or 9. It's just such a good a good beer. This it's is so one of those beers that the six-pack price is always a dollar or two higher yeah. than the stuff that's kind of sitting next to it on the shelf. So if so if you look at it most of the beers are like 8.99, 9.99 for a six-pack, this will be 10.99. Yeah. It's it's not like exorbitantly priced and that is for a six, not a four. Right. Well, uh, and I like this one. I think it's very sessionable. I mean, it actually it, for, is. for how much flavor it has, you could sit down and actually drink, you know, four or five of these and and it could be your beer for the night. What's really interesting to me about it is that I remember from my earlier experiences with the guy who said I don't like beer, I like ales. Um, I remember from those experiences Thinking of it as a much heavier beer 
than it now seems. Well, what's funny you know? is when you look at it too, the color is uh, it's a slightly cloudy amber mm-hmm. uh, with just maybe the tiniest hint of red to it, and it's a it's it's a pretty beer. It's not uh, super clear. It's not always what you but it's delicious it's got a great flavor uh, and it occurred to me i said uh, i've tried their porter it's the mocha porter that i've the tried mocha this, porter. Okay. that is outstanding well i haven't had that so we'll have to have that on the show that's a good idea so um well i want to say thank you to jeremiah butler he's the bar manager at b&b butchers and restaurant um jeremiah really enjoyed having you on the show thank, thank you, you very, very much, much man i enjoyed it myself yeah, uh, this you, guys was, are, you guys are awesome anytime fun doing the tasting and we want to come and do some tastings uh, at your restaurant so we we're gonna make, make this happen we oh, will absolutely make happen I'm, I'm in and be there soon and you can uh, you can join us for that as well because it'll be awesome so the next time you show up on this show you're gonna be like you know what i can't get rid of these guys I know. that's okay no, no, <laughs> next next, next time I'll, I'll bring a bottle of something okay fair <laughs> enough fair enough so uh we want to recommend this uh, very very highly love what you guys are doing at Whiskeys of the World and uh, can't wait to taste whatever it is you've prepared to go with, with bacon. Yeah, with bacon. <laughs> with bacon. Uh, and I just love those you words. You have bacon in your with pocket. Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> I love those words with bacon. Well, thank you guys for listening to Sip, Smoke, and Savor. This has been show number 13. Uh, we've had a grand old time, as we usually do. Uh, but we want to thank you for listening to the show, spreading the word. Like us on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash Sip, Smoke, and Savor. Ian, any parting thoughts? Well, I'm dead guy ale. Just buy a half gallon and go with it. <laughs> I'm only having one beer tonight. <laughs> That's right. Have a great week, my friends, and uh, cheers. cheers. This is Radio Brave. Keep listening. It gets even better. Now let's do it up. Ra- Ra- Radio Brave.